bum bum bottom 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 bum
post uh, the the bad stuff. But what I'm really trying to say is I'm just glad that we had all this physical media mm-hmm. to choose from. Mm-hmm. The options were open. Even though we didn't watch a single disc, we, we did, did all streaming. We saw all of Barry. We did. We're all caught up. In one week, three seasons of Barry. <laughs> and it's so good. What? Why did no one tell us? Uh, they did tell us, they Lisa. Did. They totally did. Uh, and, and then, too, I was really glad that even though you're the type of person who is repulsed and disgusted by the sounds of a cold person's face, you went into like real caregiver mode. You were so kind to me, despite me being such a huge, like weak, useless (laughs) baby this past week. I think that um, when you get to feel sick, there should, when you have to feel sick, there are some benefits, and one of the benefits is getting babied by your sweet, sweet wife. Yeah, so thank you. I really, really appreciated it. I hope that if you catch this cold, that I'm going to pass to I'll you. I'll never catch it. I <laughs> like. I have the immune system of someone with a very strong immune system. I don't have. I don't know everybody's health status, but my immune system. Yeah. Okay. Beefy. Well, that's good. I I will not be called into service to take care of you the way that you took care of me. Then fine. Now I feel like I like I've jinxed it. Like I've mocked all of the germs, and they're like, "Oh, we see you. And yeah. We're coming to get you." It's too late now. You've you've let me off the hook. I'm not going to baby you now. Uh, I'm Aww. just going to be. We're going to be two babies. If you get sick, it's going to be two babies in the love nest complaining about life. That sounds like an '80s movie. Just two <laughs> babies left alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look who's. Look who's a baby now, everyone. I couldn't even come up with a clever title. This is humiliating. We should be much more on game because we've got Kyle Starks in the creator corner this week, rescuing the feed after Brad's sickly, sickly week. We could not be more excited to have Kyle Starks back in the love nest, returning guest. He knows his way around. He knows how all of the sticks and stuff are arranged. Oh, 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 the I'm, sticks I'm, and stuff. I'm envisioning like a literal nest. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sometimes God. we go like the love nest. It's like, you know, uh, uh, beanbag chairs and stuff. This time I'm going, this is the a, metaphor, literal nest. Okay. We're balancing yeah. in a tree. Yeah. Kyle Starks is there. And we have all our physical media around us. <laughs> That's it's right. soundproof. It's a soundproof nest. Full of VHSs made of sticks. Yeah, yeah. Links, Kyle Starks. Links in the show notes to that earlier conversation where he talked about his book, Old Head. That's right, which is a horror slash comedy slash touching story about a dad and daughter slash basketball book that that I love so much. Um, So this time we are talking I Hate This Place. Done in collaboration with Artem Topolin. Uh, the first issue just came out from Image this past Wednesday. We've read the first two issues. It's such a great comic. It's not at all like Old Head or really like anything Kyle Starks has done before. You say that and it's true, but also it is a lot like what he's done before. It is still kind of a, it's a a genre mashup within a genre where it's like supernatural, sci-fi, who knows what's going on. I mean, this is a kitchen sink horror comic. Like, you know, it it has zombies, it has aliens, it has ghosts, maybe, maybe, maybe. And it might not have the jokety jokes, at least not yet, but it's still outrageous. It still tips towards ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Which... Um, 
I really appreciate it. And Kyle Starks thrives in absurdity. Here's a brief plot synopsis right off the dome. Brad, you know, fill in whatever pertinent (laughs) gaps I make right now. But it is about this couple, Gabby and Trudy. Gabby has just inherited this ranch from her aunt. And they make a little road trip to the new place. And when they get to the new place, things are weird. Is yeah, that enough? Yeah, like I don't want to spoil too much of it. I mean, they're really weird. <laughs> I think the the relationship dynamic between Trudy and Gabby is really interesting. It's not said outright, but we get this impression that Trudy has a background that will come in very handy if things were to go sideways in any scenario and will clearly come in handy when things go really sideways on this ranch. I think that information is in like the very first issue where uh, Trudy knows her way around firearms. Uh, She is, was raised in a be ready for anything family while um, Gabby is more like, let's put a positive energy out into the world. If, you know, if we do things in good faith, good things will happen. Oh, Trudy, you and your guns. (laughs) This book, I Hate This Place, has gone through something of an identity crisis. The title has changed. Yes. Um, So originally it was solicited as F this place? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but uh, then, there, for reasons we'll get into, the title was changed to I Hate This Place. Right, and we will be dropping actual F-bombs in this conversation, listeners. What? I know we're normally a clean show, <laughs> which is the stupidest thing ever because we are such not a clean couple. But, you know, for, for the kids in the audience, for the parents who have gathered their children around <laughs> the radio to listen to Kyle Starks, uh, a little parental guidance. There will be actual F-bombs dropped in the course of this conversation. As important to us as our not explicit sign on <laughs> the Apple iTunes app is, I do feel that discussing the change in title is essential to our conversation, and it is, in fact, where we start our conversation. I love it so much. Because the way we phrase things has shades of meaning, and when you change words, it's it's not arbitrary. You know, you're... you're you're changing what the title says to the person picking up the book. Yeah, yeah. And I love Kyle's response to it. And I love Lisa's interpretation of those two titles as well. What I gleaned from from our chat is that uh, Kyle has kind of a sense of like resignation over <laughs> having to change the title. And he's also like, yeah, I get that the titles are different. And the original title is still available. You have to special order it. You have to consent to having that word assault your eyes, but you can if you want. That's right. And we should also probably do like another little like warning or not warning, but like a asterisk. At one point, Kyle mentions his poor sickly dog. Don't worry, everyone. The dog, she's fine. He was able to get her to the vet. By the time they got to the appointment, the dog was up on her feet acting like, hey, I don't need any shots today, friend. Um, So uh, the vet thinks that maybe she threw out her back, which I've done. It's super painful. Yeah, but puppy is okay. Everything's good. So with that, I think all you fireside children (laughs) are ready to hear our conversation with Kyle Starks talking about, I hate this place. 
Kyle, thank you so much for returning to the love nest to talk. I hate this place. Welcome back. Yeah. Thanks for having me back. I'm, I'm stoked about it. Yeah. Uh, so I think like the first question I wanted to ask is first I heard the comic was fuck this place. Now yeah. it's, I hate this place. We're having variant covers where do you fall on it? Is it in your mind, fuck this place, or is it I hate this place? I, I mean, I, I pitched I pitched the book as fuck this place. Uh, we fought real hard. It's a funny story to me now because we fought real hard. I thought, I was like, this is, this is really the best title for the book. Uh, I feel like it, it sets a tone. It's how I would feel if I was in a similar situation. Um, but I think it shows it shows some naivete on my part <laughs> to think that stores would be okay. Uh, I just thinking like into the fucking world, you know, like there's a precedent for F being out in the world. Yeah. But anyway, so we, yeah, we, we fought real hard for it. Uh, and Skybound relented. And then image said uh, a large group of retailers weren't stoked about it. And so we made uh, the logical fair. I mean, like that's, I get it. I I'm a real prude. Like I don't want my kids to like, I keep my kids, away from everything so it's like i get it but yeah you can get both i mean still fuck this place like that's it you if you want to fuck this place you ask your uh retailer for it and i'm sure they'll order it for you unless they're super cool and they're already ordering the dirty provocative title yeah but yeah it's 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 technically both it's both titles it's a real i hate fairyland situation which Mm -hmm. also like i wish when image was like maybe don't call it fuck this place they should be like and maybe also don't call it i hate blank because we already did that with scotty young's book um (laughs) So like me and Scotty Young are working on a real expanded I hate slash fuck universe. Uh, <laughs> and I can't wait to see what comes next. Who's the next person to do it is. I do love now, even if it was not intentional, the contrast of those two titles, because I hate this place gives like a sense of resignation. Like I hate this place and I am still here while fuck this place kind of like projects a person out like fuck this place i'm, I'm leaving yeah. and yeah. we we've only gotten to read this first issue and we don't know if it gets to be if it's going to turn out to be and i hate this place or a fuck this place <laughs> yeah see this is what i'm saying here's the great questions yeah that's so that's to me is for sure is like a, a, a part of the story i wanted to tell that really interests me is what in all my stuff really is normal people in absurd situations and these like these girls are like not oh man we're necessarily we're stuck here they're like no well, maybe we can fix it yeah uh, and i wanted that to sort of play into the title like I just, it's just like it's a perfect title but i hate this place is good too i think it's the same like because i think you know like if i was in a haunted house i'd be like fuck this place all the time <laughs> yeah um but i also would hate the place so they both work uh but that's pretty on the nose i think uh, I mean, about the difference in sort of tone that they said. The 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 way I interpreted the two titles was like, I hate this place belongs to the great aunt who has spent her last 50 years as Kate caretaker to this ranch. And then the fuck this place belongs to Gabby and Trudy. And Trudy, sure. Just get it. And they're like, <laughs> hold on, what? No, we're gone. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I wanted to talk about how this comic really allows you to go full kitchen sink you you have a little note in the back of the first issue like the appeal of this story is that you can do every kind of monster ufo slasher like 
all kinds of horror elements are in just this first issue. Yeah. One of the, like, who knows if one, I didn't know if they would let me do it because I've only done comedy. And once they did, like, I was like, this is the one, because if I only do one horror book, I can conceivably do all the horrors. Um, It's something that's really thrilling to me about the setting. Uh, I'm a story guy more than like settings and character exist only to like fulfill a story to make the story larger like you those things are fluid depending on what story you want to tell um so it's rare that i'm like oh man i have this great setting like going in um but yeah that's for sure like yeah i'm going to do more than just like there's it's what paranormal ufos uh haunting there's definitely some sort of entity dark entity living in the woods um but like I got more plans. Like it's only going to escalate, um, which is what I'm really excited about. Is like this is this is the first issue, and there's a lot there, uh, but it's going to get worse. It's going to get great, and it's going to get worse. And I'm I'm stoked about it. Yeah, I'm curious because again, we've only read the first issue, but it seems to me like you could uh, tell this story for a fairly long time, exploring the various avenues, the various horror characters and concepts that you're you're dropping in this first issue or it could be a very fast series where like it's over and done with because we've been attacked by everything that could possibly ever happen well can can like also not only is it my like sort of first not comedy work it's also my first theoretical ongoing um so i mean the attention is for it to go for i mean sales it's 20 i say ongoing in 2022 and it's just like what does that what does that mean like realistically um i have i have a i have a story i have an end to that story um but even the end of that story doesn't change anything that's i mean it changes a lot but it would it wouldn't finish a series it would just change it would just pivot in an interesting way so i could i could theoretically do this book for a very long time uh, I've been saying I would love to do 15 issues. Like if I could get 15 issues, I think I would be pleased with the story that was told. Um, but I would, yeah, I, I could do it for a long time. And like, that's again, like, I think if, I, always, I always think in story, I always think beginning, middle, end. Um, that's why I've been happy. And I like doing miniseries because the characters have stakes. Like I can kill this, like, it's not an ongoing, I can kill, you know, Terry Komodo and or six sidekicks, or I can kill... <laughs> Uh, you know, Dave and I can kill whoever I want because like, theoretically, like this is the whole story. Like everything that happens has value to the story. Um, so having this great setting is like part of me going, I could do this for a long time uh, because there's so many different things I can do. It just it, like just an endless number of things. And I hope I get to do, you know, three arcs because those are the three that I'd like to focus on. But you never know. I mean, issue one sold really well. Uh, so fingers crossed, I can do 50. Horror is doing great. Like I just, it's just like, to me, like even thinking like, you know, what's realistic for mm. Kyle Starks in 2022, but I'd love to do 15 would be uh, 15 to 18. I'm saying would be great. That's three trades. Three trades would be great. I, I could do it for a while, for a long time though. It's interesting for me to hear you say that you're like a, a story first and then the characters are are then within the story change because like as a reader i'm like a way characters first and i love the contrast you've created 
with Gabby and Trudy from the outset, because Gabby is very much an everything happens for a reason person. And Trudy is an everything happens eventually kind of person. And, um, and I feel like now that they're on Rutherford ranch, like they're, they're both going to have, like, they're both going to have to reckon with, um, if everything happens for a reason, then this thing that you're going through is for you specifically. The universe has created the situation for you specifically. And um, and I feel like uh, Trudy might have to deal with, like, not everything has a solution. I'm so sorry. You know, you can prepare all in the in the world only so much. And then, and then like some things you, you can't prepare for. And, um, was that, was that contrast a plan from the outset or is that something as you got to know these characters, you just found them falling into these two categories? Um, one, again, it's very astute. I just want to say out, like, I don't do anything on accident. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't seat of the pants, anything. So, uh, all those things might be relevant later um but how it's tough so the, the nature of these characters is what's necessary to tell the story mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. like i don't do character first but when i'm telling like this is the type of story i want to tell it requires the type of characters does that make mm-hmm. sense mm-hmm. yeah um and part of that like even with six sidekicks it's like oh i mean chris schweitzer came to me with that title he's like oh let's do this thing that it's like well let's figure out who the six sidekicks are and how they play but you also want to make them interesting, are serviceable to the story. Like all those factors are in play. Um, but I don't do anything on accident. Both of those things will come into play. Um, I was talking to someone yesterday. Like you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not scared of monsters because I don't believe in them, mm-hmm. and I'm not scared of ghosts because I don't believe in them. Uh, like I have, I have real world, real world fears, um, and for these characters outside of that there's ghosts that if they touch you you relive their last you have to survive their last moments uh to survive are the monsters in the woods uh spoilers guys there's monsters in the woods um <laughs> whatever whatever the horn man is like all these awful things is that gabby is very happy-go-lucky she's very optimistic she's very find the silver lining and now she's in the worst place on earth and trudy has trained her entire life um to, in, to be a doomsday prepper, to be a survivalist, um, and is in many ways her identity. And now she's in a place where none of those skills are useful. Like none of them apply towards anything uh, or any of the dangers they're gonna find. Like that to me is like, that's real horror, is the thing that you are to be challenged so directly. Um, for sure, Trudy's arc in this first issue, uh, things don't go as well as she would like. So her sort of nature, um, is really upturned. Uh, and I think that'd be interesting for the second arc. Gosh, we'll do the second arc for sure. Definitely. Uh, do you feel like you're more of a for a reason or more of an eventually? Or, or, or are you a combination you, of both? I, it's funny. Um, I do think I, it, I, it, that's complicated. <laughs> it's so complicated, right? <laughs> I, I think that I think that things I think that things happen for a reason. I don't know if I'm des- necessarily a destiny fate guy, but I do think like, I'm like a real karma guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like I just had, I just had, uh, I just got so sick of convention. I got Bell's palsy in oh. my face. And then I found out uh, that 
I thought I had uh, I thought I had beaten uh, diabetes, and apparently that was a hundred percent incorrect. No. And then I got a massive full body rash uh, from an enjoyable week. It's like it's Jesus, been a t- my dad my dad died in December. Like everything's been going terrible. It's like you know what? A couple of good things have happened, and I would go well. That's the trade. That's the trade off. Um, and I I do believe in that. Um, but I think it's somewhere in between where. For Gabby, it's like where I, where I am, I, I'm a hope for the best, prepare for the worst. And I think that's probably my personality similarity to these two characters sort of merged together. Um, I, I'm also really curious about Marilyn and the idea of being kind of the like <laughs> hostage of a terrible situation but yeah. then to pass that situation down to well, the next generation. It'd be so, like, so it's yeah. going to work out. <laughs> well, I'm so sorry about this. To, this is to for be you fair, now. So Marilyn is who had, Marilyn is Gabby's aunt who had the ranch, uh, who lived on the ranch her entire life. I say question mark. It doesn't matter. I assume she's been there, her, if not her entire life, the majority of her life um, with her husband, who she clearly brought to this ranch somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a more awful thing to think about, like to marry into this ranch. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she dies and, and Gabby inherits the ranch, but I think that's more of like, like legally, like she's, she would have been the one to get it. I don't know, actually don't say legally because I didn't check into this at all. Um, I just assume as like, there's something in place that the next Rutherford would inherit the ranch. Um, she does apologize. She does say it's a terrible situation, um, but she's dying. There's nothing she can do about it. It's going to go somewhere. Like someone's going to get it and it's going to be bad. Um, I don't think she necessarily thought like Gabby would be the one to get it. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's another thing I think about when I think about things that scare me uh, personally, it's like, Oh, these ladies, these people, this couple, Marilyn and her husband spent presumably the majority of their life in this awful place, just making it by each day. Right. Like just mm. sort of going through the steps necessary to survive, but they could never leave. You know, they had no agency in their life. They could only do this one thing, only be in this one place. Like, that's terrible. That's awful to me. Like, I'm, I'm home all the time because I'm a, you know, I'm a professional cartoonist. Like, I never leave my house, but I could leave my house if I wanted to. Um, so, yeah, that's another thing. I think, I think, man, those poor people uh, and what an awful life they must have lived just like surviving every day, following like the same rules, never changing your, you know, your routines uh, just so you don't get murdered, ghosted. Yeah, well, I, I think it's like an extreme ex- like metaphor for like everyday human existence, right? Like when we discover in the first issue that there is this VHS or DVD room uh, that is all padded up where you can lock yourself in. And so while hell is going on outside, you've got the facts of life to watch all the seasons. And I go like, well, that's what I do now anywhere i don't like sure. i watch the news and i go like no thanks time for a tom hanks marathon <laughs> yeah for sure i like i think you know they that room was built because the ghosts are loud and the cows are loud when the ghosts come it's cattle ranch mm-hmm. um but yeah of course like what else are you going to do like they must have had like i don't know they must have had some great vhs subscription that's getting <laughs> <laughs> just constantly upgrading the vhs safe room Oh yeah, what's that uh, uh, clearinghouse? Uh, yeah, the clearinghouse. Yeah, it's been a long time, but I remember trying to get my dad to join up, and he's like, "That's a scam." It's a scam, you know. Yeah, your dad do better. Yeah, he did. He did. You don't get you don't get ten DVDs for a dollar. That's not what happens. <laughs> 
I, I, the other thing I wanted to talk about is you have a note in the afterword of the first issue. Uh, and, and this goes into what you were briefly discussing in terms of like what scares you and this idea of, you know, uh, there's always a specialist you can call upon and it's only really scary for you when there's no specialist to call upon. And I'm wondering if you could expand on that a little bit with, with, you know, I hate this place, fuck this place uh, in mind. Yeah. I mean, like, like as, as I said before, like I'm not like I I like to watch horror movies. I think they're I think they're enjoyable. They don't they rarely scare me. Like, uh, but I get the but they are scary, right? The situation a bad situation is a bad situation. But for me personally, um, the worst situation is the one that I don't know the resolution for because especially in 2022, I can always YouTube something. The dishwasher is mm-hmm. not working. I can Google it, like. 15, 20 years ago, I couldn't do, well, maybe 20 years ago. Um, like that wasn't an option. Like you couldn't just find the solution to whatever. If my plumbing doesn't work, if something bad happens, I call a plumber, I call a construction worker. Um, like there's always a solution. If I don't feel well, I go to the doctor, right? Um, fingers crossed on that one. Uh, <laughs> but there's always a solution. And in fact, I, I'll give you an example. So for me, the idea of not having access to something, to being something that is, um, that is untrod territory in terms of how to how to survive it, how to do it correctly. Um, my dog, my old, I almost had to cancel. I almost had to reschedule this. My my oldest dog just wasn't getting up. Like mm. she'd start to stand up, and it's clear like her back legs were maybe not right. Mm. And I'm I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have to take this. I'm gonna have to take this dog to the vet. But then I was like, how am I going to get her into my car? And I ha- I'm trying to figure it out. You know, mm-hmm. I have no idea. She doesn't like being picked up. She's heavy. She's not a little dog. She's a big dog. She's a 60 pound dog. Like I have to carry down two stairs. I have two other dogs that are going to try to bum rush. She's not going to like in my head. I'm like, this is the worst part. Like the vet will take care of the dog. Right. But how do I get the dog from inside my house to inside my car and then inside the car into the vet? I'm sure that part's easier. I'm sure they have a solution for that. Yeah. But that's, that's, that to me is like, is super upsetting. It's because I don't like not knowing what to do. And I don't like not having access now endless access because of you know the world wide web to anything like anything if my sh- if my shoes break i can find a video on how to fix my shoes it's crazy so that to me is, is is super upsetting and i think that was something that i really wanted to um to sort of go through with these girls because they're on a haunted ranch that also has crazy lights in the sky also has some sort of entity dark entity in the wood like what do you do Mm-hmm. Um, they were given like the rules, like, uh, her aunt gives her three rules to survive, which was the rules they presumably use every day, which is don't let the ghost touch you. Don't go into the woods. And if you see the horn man, you should run. It's like, well, that's, that's easy to say, you know, I'm sure they spent a lifetime learning what those rules were, or maybe whoever came before them gave them those rules and they just blindly followed them. Um, but it's not going to be that easy for these girls. And also I think like Trudy is such a problem solver like that's her that's her nature that to just be like to just accept that things are the way they are and that's your fate like it's not going to fly um now whether that works out for her is another thing entirely um uh but 
like I said, to me, that's, those are the real fears. Like putting my loved ones being in danger. That's a real fear. I'm not scared. Like I would say like, if there, if this, if it was a horror movie, I'd die first. Cause I'd be like, guys, there's nothing out there. Like guys, mm-hmm. calm down. And I'd open the door and I'd be like, look, like that's how I die. I open the back <laughs> door and I say, look in a horror movie. Uh, and then the werewolf eats me or whatever. Um, and I know I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with being uh, the, the first person to die because they're being <laughs> pragmatic. Um, but it's like, man, I, I went to the ER like a month ago. It's like, that's real, that's real fear to me. Mm. But if my wife was in the ER, like that would be the end of all things, you know, like that's, that's like the top of fears, like my loved ones being in danger. Um, and that's another thing for these girls is that here they think that they're, they've, they've inherited a cattle ranch and like, oh my gosh, I like think of the opportunities, like right now our life is finally beginning. And, you know, well, here's with this person who I love uh, with my wife and we're going to go there. And it's like, no, man, like it's worse. And you brought the other person here, like you brought them here. Uh, so many little terrors to me that happen in this book are way more interesting to me than the big horrors. Um, but the big horrors are the, the catch, right? Like they're the, they're the real story. But like all those little things is what makes it scary to me. And I think gives it a depth that uh, the readers will really pick up on. Yeah. And I, you know, the way that the first issue is sort of laid out, like the, uh, I think it's the first big splash page is, you know, Gabby going like, you know, welcome to the middle of nowhere. And, and Trudy responding, you know, it's beautiful. And it's this gorgeous splash page, like with this massive sky, look how lucky we are to have this in our lives. And then like the last page is another splash page after already having like a series of invaders in this beautiful picturesque place where you now have this, um, I'll, I'll use the word slasher cause you use it in the afterward, but you oh. have a slasher like figure For who sure. has now joined the party. Yeah. So itchy, itchy is a, uh, at the beginning of the book that's an armored car robbery. Uh, his partners, knowing that he is a dangerous man, wisely choose to bury the money um, so that they can all have cooler heads prevail. Of course, cooler heads never prevail. <laughs> and yeah, like that was something like, you know, Jesse's girls on this ranch is interesting. Um, I think uh, notably Stephen King always did a great bit where he's mm-hmm. like, here's this horror story and all these nice normal people are in it. But guess what? The real danger is not any of those monsters. And that interests me too. Like humanity being a bigger monster than all the monsters is really interesting to me. Um, so Itchy uh, sort of cons his way into being um, a, a ranch hand. Of course, he doesn't know anything about ranching. That will come up. Um, <laughs> but like the real threat is, is like not only are they in this dangerous place, but there's also an extremely dangerous person who's very single-minded in what they want. Um, and that's all, it's all going to come into play. It's very good. And I really like it. Um, we love Itchy. I, he has, I have a really great line with Itchy with his flashback because he he replaces uh, an Adrian who was supposed to be there. And of course he killed, he, I spoilers, he killed Adrian. <laughs> um, I hope it actually, you know what? I say this, I, I might've been cut, but like uh, uh, the guy that he replaces, he sort of hears him running his mouth about how he's working at this ranch and he, no, he doesn't know where it is. And the waitress like draws him a map. Uh, anyway, and Adrian goes to kill him and he's like, hey, what, what happened to your face? Because he has scratches on his face. That's why his name's uh-huh. Itchy. Um, and he says, Oh, I like, I have, I got a new kitten. Oh. Like, right, like, like right before he, he kills him. I, I hope that made it. I actually can't remember, but if not, no. like, it's a good bit. It's in the extras. It's in the DVD extras. Yeah. I think, I think it got in there because I, like, I'm pretty good. Like, if there's a good line, even if it's, you know, maybe having like something like that, which is a little maybe humorous. Uh-huh. Um, I think it adds to the character that 
Itchy is Itchy doesn't care like how he's per, he's uh man, have you ever forgotten a word like perceived yeah. Jesus Christ? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, he doesn't like he only cares about one thing and that's getting what's his. Uh mm-hmm. and he'll do he just doesn't care what it takes to do that. And I think like again, that type of person uh is super terrifying. It's people who don't care what their act like what happens as a result of their actions. They only want the thing that they want. Um like that's that's more dangerous than you know the ghosts because the ghosts are just gonna you you know walk around and touch at you. I think one of the hardest things about and I hate to use this word, but it is the perfect word, adulting is like <laughs> what is a problem and what is a fact? And I see itchy as a problem. Like there is a solution to get rid of itchy. Like I'm I'm concerned that the um the the rough the Rutherford ranch and the energy that it has might just be a fact like there like there's some things that are just like actually it's not it, like problems have solutions and there are some things that just don't have solutions they're just like the way that they are sure i and i think i think uh you'll find out whether that's accurate for the ranch because certainly the girls even in issue two it, it starts in issue two is like they're like what are the steps that we can what steps can we take? Like, who do you even call? Um, they are, cause they're going to try very hard to resolve that issue. Mm-hmm. Um, because surely there's something like, right? right. Yeah. Otherwise there'd be these awful places everywhere. Right. Surely. Um, <laughs> and that's, you know, a lot of the first arc. So I don't want to give away whether <laughs> right, where Rutherford ranch necessarily falls into that. Um, but at least the, the ranch has rules, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and itchy and, and itchy does not because all he wants is this money and i think it's like for for him I, like it's very much it's not even the, the amount of money it's just that something was taken from him you know yeah yeah uh and so his fixation makes him he, he's already dangerous like he, out the gate you can see he's super dangerous and i i just like that i just like having that element sort of floating around as they're already dealing with all these terrible things one of uh my favorite interviews of yours that I've read about this uh, comic so far is Zach's over at comics bookcase uh, published something with you recently. And uh, in that uh, piece, you mention how much anxiety you have (sighs) in going out into this uh, horror realm. You know, it is a a realm that doesn't feel totally uh, unfamiliar to what we've experienced in comics like Old Head, but it, it, it does feel like a slight departure. And the fact that you're making that departure apparently gives you the jitters. Uh, and could you just elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, it's, and it's not me. It, for sure, it's not me doing it. Um, it's not me doing it. I, I don't know what I said in that interview because the thing is, like, <laughs> I, I, I've only done... I'm certain I've, I look back at my bookcase. I've only done comedy mm-hmm. and even something wasn't like dead of winter is not like a hard comedy, but it's still amusing, but everything else is comedy. And I like comedy. I, I like comedy a lot. Um, they're action comedies to be fair. Cause I like action as much as I like comedy, but like, I like horror. I love horror too. Like I adore horror uh, as it's many genres. And the thing is like comedy and horror are very similar to each other in terms of storytelling. They both require pacing. They both require setups. They both require payoffs. Um, they're very similar. They're both, they're both characters in insane situations. So the making it, 
the making it didn't cause me anxiety, but what the perception of it will be by readers does, because when I do action comedy, which is not uh, something that the direct market consumers seek out, which, you know, comedy is in many ways a dirty word in the direct market. And I get that. Um, I know it's good. I know I'm good at it. I know, I know it's good. Like I, it'll always be good. I have no, cause it's something I'm, I know I'm good at. Um, whereas with this, you know, you, I, I, I'm very confident that it's good, but it's not a genre that I've, I've lived in for so long to know how readers will react. Um, I think I do. I hope I do. It's just like, whenever you do something different, um, you never know what the response is going to be. And that makes me anxious. I've, I've had nothing but really good responses and all these, uh, I've done so much promo because uh, I wanted to do well. Uh, and because maybe I haven't done enough promotion for some of the other stuff, but I also think like, this is something that's more direct market friendly and people want to cover it more, uh, which is also why I think, you know, like pre-sale orders were really strong. So it's not the doing it. Doing it doesn't make me anxious. I feel like I can tell any type of story um, confidently because I think I'm a good, I think I'm a good storyteller. You are. But I'll thank God bless you. But <laughs> it's more of how people respond because like in, if this, if this bombed, and it could, I mean, it's, it's, I think <laughs> Bleeding, Bleeding Cool just said, like had an article, it's like, how starts with his biggest opener ever. And I'm like, well, I mean, what, what, like, I get that, but it feels like, like, look at this guy, he finally did it. And like, what is that? Like, uh, it was my biggest one, but I don't think we need to phrase it that. It just feels, my wife was like, that's not, she's like, that's not what they meant. And I'm like, I know it's not what they meant, but that's what it felt like to me. It's like, this is I also saw it. that article and I had that thought. I was like, well, that's yeah. a fucking backhanded compliment. Yeah, it's a backhanded compliment. Yeah. Uh, but if I feel like if it was if it was a bomb, then I couldn't do I I wouldn't have the option to have publishers want to support me to do additional non-comedy things. Um, and I say that and say, you know, <laughs> even this book, like I think there's some some sort of funny and sort of charming moments that I can't resist putting in. Um, and it's probably going to be like that through the whole thing, just between Gabby and Trudy, because I think like they're so human. Um, I, there's a there's a like the cat thing you know that I just got a new cat which is a, to me very funny um, and maybe doesn't have a place in a in a hard horror book but when it first comes to this cattle ranch Gabby again the eternal optimist is like look at all the cows we'll have to name them and Trudy of course very pragmatic she's like yeah that's probably not the best idea because she knows they're gonna be, all these cows are dead like all these cows <laughs> are gonna be food at some point in time uh, it's like so it's 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 tough for me to to completely remove it because I, I think there's a place where I think like my favorite funny moments are like the bad Schwarzenegger pun stuff and like his his like late 80s early 90s sort of comedy like commit his all of his puns and commit I love that like that's the funniest shit and so I think having that even in something like this which is hard you know hard serious horror I think it just it just adds to the soup of it uh, I think I got so far away from whatever the question was I hope I, I hope I answered no it. definitely yeah. definitely uh, yeah. so yeah it's not it's not the doing it the doing it doesn't make me anxious because I, I can see, I like I said, man, I don't do anything on accent. So everything's composing, right? Mm -hmm. And so I can see all the bits. And at that point, my hope is, man, I hope these bits land like I intended them to. Because the order of the bits and the sequences of the bits and the story bits, all those are strong. I know they are. I look at them, I go, mm -hmm. this is strong. But then it's like, once it's on the page, you know, it's out of my hands. Right. Did, mm -hmm. I, did I pace it correctly? That's different. But it's like, even I think, even if I even if that stuff doesn't like, Oh, it's still a good story. It'll still be a good story. It just could have been a very good story based on, uh, on me doing my job better and I'll learn from it hopefully. Uh, but I feel good. Like, you know, I've written five issues of this book, which is the first arc. 
Uh, I did air quotes, you couldn't see that, but it is the first arc. I don't know why I did air quotes because it is the first arc. And I think it's a really strong five issues. I think it's a great little horror yarn. A lot of stuff happens, which I like. Um, these characters have an arc. Um, and so I'm stoked about it. But yeah, my anxiety is literally how will this be? What will the reception of this book be? By Because all I want is more readers. This is, I've been talking, like I, I was talking to Matt Kent the other day, who's a good friend of mine. I was talking to a guy who's just trying to break in. Um, and like, all I want is for people to read my work. That's all I want. Mm -hmm. And I think Matt or maybe someone's like, oh yeah, because uh, you'll make more money. And I'm like, man, I'm not like, no. Like the next step will be, I want all the money. At this step, I just want more readers. Like I just want people to read it. So I'm, I'm always trying to make something that will appeal to everybody, but also isn't like everything else, right? I, I have no interest in everything else, uh, which makes it harder in a way to sell things. Um, but I feel pretty good about this in terms of getting more eyes on my work because already ass bleeding cool. Obviously I've already done it. <laughs> um, it's like, man, I just want, so it's like, that's my thing. Like, I'm, I'm working so hard to tell these stories. It's like, but I'm not trying to tell stories to throw into the void. I want them to be consumed. That's all I want. Uh, and, and hopefully this is another step forward. We hope every, every book is another step forward in that. And hopefully people read, I hate this place. And they'll go, I love this. And they'll read old head. And they won't be like, well, this is not the, I hate this place experience. Because I think there's, even though one is serious and one is not, um, even my comedy stuff is fairly serious, really. Yeah. So that's my hope is that everyone goes backwards, that I'm always getting more readers, but that's all I want. I just want people to, to consume the work and right. love it, obviously. I'm really, I'm really excited to read the rest of How You Hate This Place. Like to me, like you are, you're creating the story is a problem, but it has a solution, but controlling, controlling people's reaction to it is like, well, it's not a problem. It's just a fact. Like you can't control the way that people will respond. But I, like, I could not be, I personally could not be more excited to read the rest of this first arc. I love it. I think, I think I did a pretty good job with issue one well enough. Chris Schweitzer, who's my creative partner on a lot of books, uh, oh, like prior to the pandemic was like, you're really bad at issue endings. Mm. Um, but I think I did a really good job. I think I did a great job with this one. Yeah. So you'll actually get maybe people to stick around for a second issue just to see what happens next. And Positively. I think I think the second issue is very similar um, because we introduce some new characters over the next two issues and one of them is great in issue three. But I think that like, each one is like, man, I want to find out what's happening next, um, which is really what you want, right? Like that's really what you want is for people to like, man, I wonder what happens next. And I think I did it. I think I did it for five issues and it's like thrilling to me. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely stoked for it. We're we're gonna have links in the show notes where everyone can get the comic and where they can find you online and continue this conversation. Kyle, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Yeah, anytime. You guys are great. I love I love coming. I love coming to the Love Nest. Oh, yeah. yeah. okay. I went for sure. If I was allowed to call it that. Yeah, yeah please, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you have a wonderful uh, rest of your day. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, there you go. Isn't Kyle Starks the best? It's so great to have someone return to the yeah. podcast to talk about a different approach to a new type of project. Yeah, it's also like validation. Like he liked the first conversation <laughs> with us. He's willing to do it again. Words of affirmation every time he says, ooh, interesting question. I'm like, oh, nom, 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 Love it, love it, love it. But like, I, like, I, I love how he prides himself in I have thought 
of everything. <laughs> like he he's like the the consistent thing. He's like I can do not funny. I can do a more grounded drama, but at the same time, there no imaginary stone is unturned. Yes, yes, yeah, and and I really appreciate towards the end of this conversation where he is talking about how this first issue, he thought really hard about delivering something that was a satisfying taste, a morsel that will lead you to wanting to buy that second morsel and how he is thinking of these single issues as reeling the audience in. And, you know, we've read the first two issues and I think he has done it. I want to see more of I Hate This Place. I want I, want I Hate This Place to write on for a while. That, like, there's a continuing conversation in comics of when you pick up a single issue, should it feel like a complete story right. or should it feel really serialized? Should it yes. feel like the piece of a greater story? And I, th and I of course, think that it is a spectrum. Yes. That you, like, I do like my single issues to have a beginning, middle, and end, but I also appreciate that impetus to get me back to the comic book store. I like to anticipate the release of something. And there is obviously a rich mythology that is only just being started to be uncovered to, you know, we're, we're just entering the archeological dig of, I hate this place. And we're going to discover some real crazy gems here. Do you know what I totally forgot to, to um, talk about in my thorough plot <laughs> synopsis? is the crime element. Right. And the fact that there is this really super violent serial killer on the loose on the ranch as well. Yeah. So, um, I like... It falls into that whole George Romero thing, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you, when you watch Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, it's the human element that's the real threat. And I, I, I think we're getting um, some shared philosophy with Romero and Starks in this comic. Um, he didn't talk about this. In other interviews I've read, he's talked about the Skinwalker Ranch. Yes. And... I th it makes me think of like Area 51, the Bermuda Triangle, these like little geographical pockets of inspiration where it feels like you go to this place and the energy is just different. And uh, like, I, I don't think that that is necessarily literally true, <laughs> but I do like the, I, like to me, humanity creates the atmosphere. If we go like, ooh, this is a mysterious and scary place, we will bring that energy to it, I guess. Well, we love to layer narratives mm -hmm. on top of geographical locations. And, you know, when you do that, it then spawns other narratives, right? So Area 52 being a great example. So many imaginations have been inspired by that idea. And the Skinwalker Ranch is similar in that way. It's There's an infection that occurs when you start peeling the onion of that mythology. You said Area 52. Isn't it Area 51? I don't know the 50s. <laughs> I, well, I mean, I like you starting this offshoot conspiracy. Like, oh, you're scared of Area 51? Well, look out. They're next door neighbors. Area 52, they've got twice the aliens. I'm sure that has been done. I'm sure <laughs> that has been done. 51, 52. Th th there's got to be stories around that. But the real estate in Area 50, so cheap, 
almost worth it. <laughs> right. That's going to do it for this episode on I Hate This Place. I hope you all go out and pick up the first issue. It's on stands now. Second issue out next month. Go support Rad Comics. And hopefully the next time you listen to the podcast, Brad here won't sound like a stuffed sock. <laughs> I need to drink so much Robitussin. I'm going to get some hot toddies. You got to get better because you're going to Star Wars Celebration and you don't want to be spreading them germs. Have you ever seen a Wookiee with a cold? Yeah, that's disgusting. That's no good. But don't worry. I have actually talked to a nurse and, you know, they've told me I need to stay masked mm -hmm. for like the next couple of days. But by the time I get on that plane, I, I, I should not be infectious. <laughs> Yay! Yay! I could go to Star Wars Celebration. I'm covering that for Film School Rejects. So head on over to Film School Rejects and read all my Star Wars oh, columns. Oh, no! Will there be new comic book couples counseling? Content? Yes, Lisa, don't fret. Don't fret. Okay, good. We're not abandoning our listeners. Next week's episode is right on time. We are actually talking to Jason Liu and Chip Zadarsky about their new graphic novel, The All-Nighter. How cool is that? Not only a super wonderful opportunity to talk to some very accomplished and rad creators, but uh, it's also saving our scheduling bacon. With Brad being sick and me being the hero taking care <laughs> of him, we were not able to prepare our Angela and Sarah episodes, but now uh, we're going to cover them next month, which is super cool because it is also Pride Month. It's like it was meant to happen. I love this idea that Chip Zdarsky and Jason Liu heard that our scheduling was in trouble and then they swooped in to rescue us uh, and give us an extra week to prepare our Angela and Sarah episode. They're like, we have to create a comic stat. Yeah. Comic book couples counseling needs us. Yes. <laughs> the all-nighter is here to the rescue. <laughs> That's why it's called that. Because they're like, we have to make this overnight <laughs> so that we can be promoting it by the time... Brad gets over his cold. Yeah, uh, so pretty darn cool. Very excited to have that conversation. We haven't had it yet. That I is know. happening on Tuesday, hopefully. I, it makes me want to like get superstitious and knock on wood because oh. we're promoting something before we've actually put it in the can. And that has bit us in the butt before. <laughs> uh, so. But we do it again. But I'm, we're promising Chip Zdarsky and Jason Liu on the next episode. And then next month, we will kick off a new series of couple sessions with Angela and Sarah. We're going to do three episodes focusing on that couple, starting with their story as seen in Angela Asgard's Assassin. This is a couple that listeners have been clamoring for for quite a while, especially Jamie and Max, and I actually feel a little bad that we keep pushing them down the timeline. We're really torturing Jamie and Max. <laughs> uh, just think of it as pleasure delay. Okay, we, yes. This is, we're getting tantric with Angela and Sarah. It does feel like a moment for comic book couples counseling because these two have been hovering on the schedule for so long. They kind of hold a special place along, you know, Norrin and Don or Reed and Sue and dare I say it, Lois and Clark, these couples that people have wanted us to cover for a long time, but we're kind of nervous to do so because people want it too much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now I'm really nervous about our messaging. Like people are going to try to neg us into covering a couple like, oh, do you know what I would hate? Uh, you covering Lois and Clark. We would don't hate neg that. Us. Don't neg us. Please don't neg us.
Okay, Brad, it's time for me to go around our bunker and make sure that all of our VHSs are rewound. Because you know that feeling like when you go to watch a movie and you have to wait the 45 seconds it takes <laughs> to rewind it because the last person who watched it was not kind. They did not rewind. Yeah, I was an only child and I had my own rewind machine. So that was <sighs> never an issue in my childhood basement. So, uh, Brad. Yeah. Where can our listeners send their words of affirmation to you? Uh, you can find me on all social medias at MouthDork. If you have words of affirmation for our logo, you can send them to Aaron Prescott at A Cool Hand Fluke. And if you have some words of affirmation for our radical banner art and show poster, send them to Karen Charm at Karen underscore X-Men fan. Lisa, where can our listeners send their words of affirmation to you? I am always accepting words of affirmation at Sidewalk Siren on Instagram and Twitter. If you'd like to spend more quality time with us, you can subscribe to us on Podbean, Stitcher, YouTube, Google, and Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to get exclusive, you can join our Patreon, where you'll get more content, including weekly bonus episodes. We just covered the Sandman special, the song of Orpheus on our Patreon, and I loved that episode. And we recorded it outdoors. Oh, we did. It was very special. Uh, if you'd like to reach out and touch us electronically, you can email the podcast, cbccpodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website, comicbookcouplescounseling.com, or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at cbccpodcast. You can give us the gift of five stars on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to do an act of service, why not write a review of the show while mm. you're there? We are fluent and receptive in all five love languages. It really warms our hearts and helps the pod. So until next time, friends, keep your love tank full. And your psychic rapport open. And if Kyle, if you're ready to go, we're going to get started then. Born, born ready. All right. That's what I like to hear. I hope. (laughs) Three, two, one. You're getting adjusted. Yeah, I'm squishing around in my chair. I'm sorry to make noise. (laughs) Here we go.